Hello, 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 everyone out there. This is Jason Cass with Agency Intelligence Podcast, the podcast where we bring real agency intelligence, not the artificial that you hear from everybody else. We go and we find real professionals that are inside insurance agencies doing what you and I do every day. And that's what makes up the real insurance agency intelligence. And today we have Mr. Nicholas Ayers. Now you're going to be like, oh, wait, I know... Yeah. See, you may not know who he is because you're so used to his beautiful face on video, but you may make the correlation when you hear his beautiful siren song of a voice that's going to come through on the podcast as well. So look forward to that. Just want to throw it out though there real quick. We do have AI Brainshare 18. Please go to AIBrainshare18.com. Really not going to talk more about that because if you don't know anything about this so far, I apologize. We just operate in different circles, but I've done everything I can out there. I actually have also thrown out a discount if you are an IAOA member, which Nicholas is one of the leads, him and Dave Jackson of that. You do get a $250. We're giving you the early bird discount. Okay. And if you are a listener of this podcast, a loyal listener, the $250 discount is for you as well. So those are the two places. If you're not a loyal listener, you got to be with IAOA. If you're not AOAO, you got to be a listener to get that. So just want to let you know that right now we've got about 25, maybe 20 tickets left. I'm pretty sure the hotel's about sold out. So if you're going to do it, you need to do it now. And I want to see you in Vegas, September 13th through the 15th at the SLS Casino and Hotel. Go to AIBrainShare18.com to get that. All right, now let's get on with this because we got the real deal Holyfield up in here. So here's what we have. Mr. Nicholas Ayers, welcome to Agency Intelligence Podcast, buddy. Buenos dias, Jason. How are you, man? Ooh, ooh buenos dias. I like that. Well, I, you know, depending on when people listen to this, they could be listening to it at night. So I, I <laughs> it's morning here on the West Coast right now as we record this. And so I'm drinking my coffee. It's a beautiful day. So it's Friday and man, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. And you know, he, you mentioned that you're not going to pump AI brain share as much anymore. I will tell you guys, I'm really looking forward to this event. Jason did not ask me to do this, what I'm going to do here, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take about 30 seconds if that's okay. If you are not coming, if you have not heard about this, let me just tell you this. I don't get excited for a lot of events just because you know I feel like I go to a lot of them, but I'm really looking forward to this one. I'm really, really excited just because I know how different it is from our event, from other events, and a little bit more of an intimate setting. I'll keep my shirt on the entire time, but... <laughs> You know, I'm really looking forward to collaborating, networking, and kind of getting in the trenches with folks and peers and people that I really respect and look up to. So thank you for putting on the event, Jason. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, Nicholas. And I got to tell you, man, like there's a couple people that are now going to cancel because they were coming because you were going to take your shirt off. For the early bird rate, the shirt stays on. If you want to pay Jason a little bit more, you know, I'm happy to oblige. Thank you very much. Nicholas, let me ask you, are you an iPhone or you a Droid user? I'm a droid user. Boom. You see why Nicholas and I get along, loyal listeners? They're all smiling right now. They're going, Cass, finally got somebody who has a droid on here. So that's awesome. That's why Nicholas is cool. I just need things to work. And so for that reason, <laughs> I like products that are more innovative, a little bit more forward thinking, a little bit more progressive in the way that they, you know, they're not stagnant in how they advance. And, you know, Apple was cool about five years ago, but it was, just, it was it's just kind of stayed the same. Yep. That's right. That's right. You are right about that. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose, Nicholas? I love to win. Love, love to win. win. Any reason why you would say that over than hate to lose? Is there a real difference? I don't know. I'm trying to think. Hmm, that's an interesting question. Everybody has a different response to that, why they interpret that way. That's why I love the yeah. question. 
look, it's Friday. I feel lathered up. I'll just say, you know, I don't, I don't know what losing is. So I just love to win. Good job. And last one, man. Do you believe that success is due more to luck or skill? Neither. Neither? No. I think it's a matter of, I mean, those things kind of play a part into it, but I think it's good timing. I think it's a matter of a small bit of luck. I think it's a matter of a small bit of hard work, but I think it's timing. I think it's persistency, consistency. And for me, I'll just I'll just speak to me personally. I, That's I think what we it's want. Been, I think it's been more of a matter of timing than anything. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I put in a lot of hard work and I do feel in general areas, I, I do feel very skilled, but I think it's just a matter of time and a willingness to kind of step out. I mean, most people would, I think a lot more people would have a lot more success if they just kind of stepped out a little bit more. True. And they just don't. I heard a guy the other day, Nicholas, he said, uh, when someone says, let's think outside the box, he said, what you need to do is get outside the box and then start thinking. Now, I really thought that was good because so because if we think outside the box, our origin is still the same, right? Which is inside the box. So I, I really thought that was, uh, I thought it was pretty good. Kind of got me a little excited, right? I, there was a little Rocky music playing in the back. Little sure. Jazz, you know, little fist it bump. stops you in your step. That's right. You know, it you think about me. it a little bit. That's right. Tell us a little bit about you because you were on here, but man, dude, when was that? Like 2015, 2016, I think. It was back there, man, because... I really didn't know you much. I knew Shane. Well, I didn't know Shane. I was following him on Facebook and then funny how we assume that. But then somehow you kind of came out of, I don't know where it was or how I got to kind of get focused. And I called you up and we talked a lot about Dave Ramsey. We talked about a lot of stuff. We were just young kids then, Nicholas. We were just young yeah, kids then. We were just babies. Just babies. Yeah. Just babies. Tell us where you're at and tell us a little bit about your agency. Sure. Sure. From the backwards there. So the agency started in Scratch 2013. We are located here in Vacaville, which if you're not familiar with the geography of things, it's nestled perfectly right in between the capital city of Sacramento and the California Bay Area. So we're about 30, 40 minutes from each direction. We're an hour from the snow, 45 minutes from the beach, 30 minutes from wine country, 45 minutes from Silicon Valley. We're nestled in a very, yeah, we're very fortunate. This is like a little piece of paradise. We're close to everything. And so, you know, myself, I've uh, been in the industry now for going on 15 years. I uh, started on the captive side. Then we went to, I was actually fired from a captive company, big company oh, here in California. I forgot about that. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. So, you know, the company that I used to work for was started in 1908. And I believe the same people were still in charge making decisions. And so they weren't really hip to the game. This was back in 2011, 2012. Weren't really hip to the game when it came to using the internet. And I was the number one producer, salesperson in the market. And they came to me and said, hey, you've got to stop all you're doing or we're going to have to let you go. And I called their bluff. and I said, you know, you're going to have to let me go because I'm going to stop in this. That's how I make my money. And uh, I thought, you know, I had some leverage back then. And they said, okay, well, here's your pink slip. And I made a declaration internally from that day on that I would never work for anybody else for the rest of my life. Started an agency. Took us about a year to start. You know, we focus mainly on, uh, you know, we're very typical in the sense that we focus on personal lines, commercial lines in life. We have a few small niches, but, you know, we, we're just doing our thing, man. We're having fun and we're evolving, we're progressing, and we're just trying to stay on top of, on top of the game, you know? What would you say over the last years probably been something that if I would have looked at your agency a year ago and I would look at it today and I knew it pretty well, what would you say that you're better at today than you were last year? We have, this is a very non-sexy answer, but I would say I couldn't tell you, I mean, we're always progressing with marketing. We're always trying to progress in how we do certain things. But I would say the number one improvement or thing that has really changed is how we approach our profit margins and run a business. So I'll give you a really good example. This time last year, a little bit over last year, we were staffed a lot differently. We had different programs and processes in place. And now we've made some changes to where with those changes, we've cut our overhead 
Fed or our expenses by nearly 87%. And as businesses change, as companies change, as carriers pay differently, as things are different, it's it's really important. And particularly in my sector of the world, right? I told you kind of where I'm at. Yeah. You know, the cost to live here, the cost to have a life here is a little bit different. And no shame, no harm, no foul. Right. It's a little bit differently than than maybe if you're in you know, Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm just throwing that name out there, right? right? It's a little bit different. And so, you know, for us, we have to operate at a much, we have to operate, we have to think differently about our business. And I would say that that's been one of the biggest changes to how we've kind of looked at things and how we've operated. Interesting. That weird word called profit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you know, what was the reason why, one of the reasons why I wanted to get with you is because I know that when we were in Elevate and you gave that uh, great breakout session, I, it was the first time I had ever heard you speak. And I sat in the back, or I stood in the back the whole time. And then uh, you hear me, loyal listeners, I stood in the back, right? Because like it was standing remotely there. And it was just so funny watching you because you are animated like me, but in a more subtle way. You're very direct when you talk. So I really liked it. But I like how you kept saying, you kept using your hands, you'd put them together and you'd say, does everybody know what profit is, right? And everybody kind of sits there, not because they don't know. It's just, you know, it's a room and everybody's waiting. And you said, make money, keep money. <laughs> right. And the way you said it, it's like, it's not very tough, guys. We make money and we want to keep money, you know? And, and it was so funny because Nicholas, you and I have talked a little bit about this since Elevate, but so that the loyal listeners know, like we've talked about, like if it's one of the most important things in our agency, it never gets talked about, right? Like inside the mastermind, Nicholas, we were talking, this was a couple months ago and we were all talking what our people costs are. Like what's it cost for our people? Benefits, their salary, payroll taxes. What is that? And agents were saying anywhere between 45 some said 43 or whatever, but most were between 45 and 55%. And so I stop and I think to myself, we just had a consultant leave here, Tom Baker. He was here. He's a compensation specialist. And it really started hitting me that like, if this is 50% of where my money's going, I should probably be focusing on that more than a lot of other things. That doesn't mean the big, shiny, nice things, you know, get put aside. But the fact is, is something that's taking 45 to 50% of my money is getting no attention at all. And you hear in these groups and your group and my group of, hey, what's the commission split, right? What's the draw? Should I pay salary? How do we do this? How to do that? It's a broken system. And that's the reason why no one has the answer to it. And I think the answer is there. Tom Baker showed us some very remarkable things following KPIs, but I think profit is something that I think that agents, I think that's why they're so wrapped up in new business. Obviously, new business is good, but they have to have it because they have so many expenses that the renewals don't pay the bills. And so they've right. got to have that. And I think you should be getting new business, but I don't think it should be based on the fact that, hey, we got to have it or we can't keep the doors open. I don't think that's a winning strategy. Yeah. And, you know, I think what I tell people, look, we have to stop thinking about ourselves as just insurance agents. This is what the conversation I have with agency owners, right? We have to stop thinking of ourselves as just insurance agents who run a business. We have to start thinking more in line with the fact that we are trying to run organizations, that we are business owners first, and we just happen to be in this field. And I believe this is my own personal preference, my own personal opinion, that our number one goal of any of any business owner, the number one goal that we have to keep in line is that we have to make a profit. We have to be profitable. Mm -hmm. We have to do things that stay in line with that. We have to, you know, I'm looking at a book on my desk right now that I'm going through. It's called Profit First. And we have to keep that in line. We have to think in those terms. For me, and you know, I think this is also true of you. I mean, there are certain things about just running a business that I 
typically naturally lean to. I love marketing as much as the next person, probably more in some cases. You do. I love, you do. Yeah. I love certain things and I gravitate, but I have to keep it in line. Like I have to be profitable. I have to keep my overhead down. You know, one of the things I, where this kind of comes from is, you know, like you, I've been to, I've been to my fair share of industry events. I've networked with my fair share of agency owners, you know, shaking their hands, looked in their eyes, you know, sat at a table, broken bread with them, you know, and one of the first questions that people always ask in these conversations when you don't know who they are or you just have a very uh, familiarity with them is they'll always ask, you know, they'll shake your hand and the first thing out of their mouth is they'll say, well, how big's your book? You know, it's and true. so it's true. I went to an event in 2016. I, we put on an event in 2016 in San Antonio. And there was this well-known, respected agent that if I said his name, everybody would know who he is, right? And uh, I never met this person before in my life. And he comes up and we shake hands. I go, hi, you know, you know, great to meet you, Nicholas Ayers, blah, blah, blah. Within the first paragraph of his statement, first statement, he, you know, he wants to know how big the book is. And my <laughs> whole thought about that is nobody cares. Right. Nobody cares. That means nothing. It doesn't. I know agencies with eight-figure book sizes who aren't as profitable as agencies with a $1 million or $2 million book size or less. You're right. Right. It doesn't matter what... The most important thing in your business is profit and loss, the P&L. What does the bottom line say? And we go to these conferences, we talk to these people, and that question comes out. And to me, it's a, it's a clear indicator. Our industry is predominantly men. And luckily, that's changing. Fortunately, that's changing. But you know, these older men or even younger men who just don't know any better, they liken the size of their book to the size of whatever else they have going on in their life. It's a, it's a deficiency <laughs> problem. It's a, it's a compensation problem. And I just tell people, look, it does, you, know, you have to be secure in all of this, okay? Whether your book is 1 million, 2 million, 100 million, you know, at the end of the day, what matters is what's left over. What are you putting in savings? What does your debt look like? How are the expenses? And are you running efficiently? Because you're right. We can't just rely on new business. This no. is not a new business industry. This is a residual income industry. And so right. this is what separates us from the pool man who cleans our pool or the guy who comes and kills our bugs. This has to be... <laughs> thought of a little bit differently. It, it does have to be thought of a little differently. And then and, and there was a conversation that was going on in one of, uh, I think it's trustedchoice.com's Facebook page or somewhere. And some agent had posted, and I know he is a great agent, and he had posted something about, you know, he didn't learn about this, about giving a shit about this. Uh, you know, literally, I, he said the word and showed an emoji of a piece of shit in his post. And he <laughs> says, and he's like, I really don't. He's like, I just learned that I need to care. And I read it and it was like, yes, you know, that's the way you've got to be thinking. But I'm also starting to think, and this is just brand new for me over the last two to three months, is that I'm starting to be able to, please understand loyal listeners, I'm painting with a broad brushstroke here, but I'm just saying it's more of the majority than not. That I can almost tell somebody's maturity as a in the industry or as a business owner by the way they talk about why they're in business. Well, I'm in business because I just love to help people. Well, that's not necessarily true because you could help people buy shoes, right? You could help people do a lot of other things. Oh, well, I, you know, I just love it because, you know, I can care for people. And I know that if I just care, 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 the money will take care of itself. This is not about the money. This is, and seriously, Nicholas, I was saying that that was me, true. but it was also me. And the reason why I know that this is a sign of immaturity is because I'm looking at myself and my immature was looking at it and saying, that's looking at it like a producer. That's looking at it like somebody who doesn't understand what the profit is and what we're really trying to do here and that it's for the agency. Because at the end of the day, there's no way a, a mature agency owner who's looking at a profit and loss statement can look and say, well, this doesn't really matter because I'm in it because I care about people. So I think there's a fine line. I'm not saying one caring, not caring is bad. But when that conversation was happening, something you popped in there, Nicholas, and said, because 
I didn't want to like be Jason Cass and like overwhelm him. Like, no, dude, you don't understand, blah, 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 blah. But the guy said, profit is not the end game. And rather than me coming back, I was really going to, and you hopped in there, Nicholas, and you said something fantastic, which was nothing wrong with what you said. It was the truth. You said profit is the end game. And when I was sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, good. I'm not alone in this conversation because after a while, everybody was talking about how much they love and care about their customers and they just want to snuggle right up to them and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, guys, that's, that's great, but we're here to make money, man. And I love what you said. We're here. Profit is the end game because if it wasn't, we'd all be running non-for-profits. I don't know about you. I'm not running a non-for-profit. Right. And the two are not mutually exclusive. Look, look, you could care about people and you can run an organization that loves its customers, takes great care of them, has their best interest in mind and is a fantastic ambassador in your community. You can hand out soup kitchens. You can give out socks and turkeys during the holiday season. You can do all those things, but you could still tell yourself that number one goal of my business is to be profitable. They're not, you don't have to have one or the other. Very true. And going back to your you know, original statement, I think that comes from either a place of A, if it's from an agency owner, either a lack of maturity, which is fine. Like we're all there. Like we all have areas in our life where we're not mature. It's not a dirty word. We need to evolve and get better. And then there, it's almost like this fear, like, you know, profitability or making money is a dirty thing. Yes. It's a bad thing. You know, it's not. No. I like to run on profit because there are things that I want to do in my community because I want to have more money yes. at the end of the day to do things and to operate according to our mission statement and our values and the things that we want. If money wasn't the most important, you know, the profit, if the profit wasn't the most important thing, we'd all be doing mission trips in Cuba, <laughs> right, Jason? I mean, we'd all... No, it's I'm, true. Like, yes. Like, yes. it's not like you have to have one or the other. You don't have to be Mother Teresa right. and say profit's a bad thing. And you don't have to be just trying to think of the most, you know, Scrooge McDuck. You don't, there's not like this one or the other. It's, you can find a balance or you can lean in one way. I just think that as a business that wants to stay around for the next year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, to have something later on in perpetuation, I have to run a business in an organization that is efficient and profitable. Absolutely. Because here's the deal if my business is not profitable, I can't afford trips to Cuba to help people. And people say, well, exactly. you know, you shouldn't go there anyway. Okay. I can't afford trips to Philadelphia to help people. Right. <laughs> I mean, I can't afford any of that. And so I can't even go to the Wawa and get a gallon of uh, a milk. <laughs> the Wawa. So real quick, before I change up something, I want to change up something. So you and Danielle had your anniversary last weekend and you guys were chilling in San Francisco. Am I right about that? Yeah, yeah, it's about thirty minutes away from us. We uh, there, there you go yeah, bragging yes, again because yes. my wife absolutely loves San Francisco and she wants me to take her there. I said, you know what? I need to go out there and shoot some videos with this guy named Nicholas Ayers. So she doesn't yeah. really care to go on my trip. She likes it, but it's not a big deal to her. But uh, I tell her San Francisco and she's ready to go. So we're gonna have to do that. And met Danielle at in Arizona and she's just as nice as she seems on uh, camera or on video. Or she's actually a really good videographer when her husband decides to put on short shorts with his white legs, a six six with his rollerblade and go down the street with his shirt off. That's what we call That's Wednesday night. night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Nicholas, I'll do some crazy shit, dude. But some of the stuff I see you do, I'm like, man, if I did that and I rolled down my street and said, Trey, Illinois, not there anymore. But I mean, I have balls to do crazy stuff. But some of the stuff I see you do, I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do that. You know? So that's good. That makes me think about my limitations. Are you ready to transform the way your business communicates? Look no further than Lightspeed Voice. 
the ultimate solution for insurance agencies seeking a seamless communication. I've used them for over eight years. I'm telling you what I'm reading is the truth. Picture this crystal clear calls, advanced features, unparalleled, flexible, tailored, just for you. That's Lightspeed Voice. Tired of drop calls and outdated systems? Lightspeed Voice has your back. Say goodbye to communication hiccups and hello to a new era of efficiency. I love that. Boost productivity with features like call recording, voice to email, and effortless call transfers. Work from the office, from home, or on the go. Lightspeed Voice keeps you connected wherever your business takes you. Don't worry about the transition. Our dedicated support and onboarding teams will guide you every step of the way. Make the switch to Lightspeed and join the ranks of satisfied insurance agency owners, like me, experiencing the power of seamless communication. Ready to elevate your agency? Visit lightspeedvoice.com or call 877.97-VOICE to schedule your free demo. Lightspeed Voice, we're more than just talk. Cast approved. So, Nicholas, you kind of alluded to the fact that most of the people that are on this loyal listeners, they know who you are. And if I said to them, like, give me one word that describes him, they'd give me one or two. They'd give me the word marketing or they'd give me the word video. And I don't know that for a fact for all you loyal listeners. I did not do a scientific study with Brown and Brown University. But no, so I just saying that this was uh, Cass U. And I'm willing to bet that's what they're going to say. Now, what's great about this is, is there has been a, a void in all business, but let's just talk about the insurance industry. That's what it, we have to be talking about here. And it happens to be a void in video and people using video. And so I want to hear your words about that. But the other void is that those who want to learn video have really nowhere to learn video. So that's the void. That's the problem we have here. It's like, okay, I want to do video, but now I don't know how somebody, to, I need somebody to tell me how to do this because I did it a couple of times and it took me seven hours to edit a 20 second video. You know, these type of things that we just don't understand. And I'm trying to use iMovie or Camstasia or and I don't even know if it's Camstasia. I'm just saying that's how bad it is. I mean, all this stuff, I mean, they're trying to use this. So then my boy, Nicholas, like in Vacaville, he realized there's a niche for us to do what we do, this brand, and then boom, we're killing it. You came out to the people that you love, which are our, our colleagues, insurance agents, and you said, I think it's time to show them how to do this video. So you created this group, which you invited me to. You can, I had so it's just the exclusive invitation to it, but it was made you look video marketing for small business. What are you doing here? What's going on? Yeah, I'll be very, very, very transparent. So I have too much free time on my hands, so I have to like think of ways to fill it, apparently. <laughs> so this is a venture of mine that I do. So I put together a, uh, there is a group. And just like you mentioned, it's Major League Video Marketing. And my intention is to teach small business owners in every niche, every vertical. I mean, mainly that's going to naturally filter to a lot of insurance and real estate, but people who are in business, whether they run a business or they're salespeople, and they want to learn how to use video practically and the tactics behind it and the philosophy behind it on what they need to do, how they need to do it to reach more people. I tell people, you know, videos are the most emotional medium that there yes. is. It's the best way that we can communicate with one another and really communicate emotions and elicit emotions mm -hmm. from an audience. And it's extremely cheap and cost effective to do when you do it. And so I teach people how to properly how to think like a marketer, how to execute. And so, you know, I put a post out in, in my group last night, you know, I, I'm running ads, very, very cheap ads to a target audience. And video has to be a two-step approach. And a lot of times people will make a video, that, it's like they roll the ball out on the court and they think, okay, 
let the inbox fill up, let the phone ring, let the line, let the line out my door go around around the block. And they think that that's just how they're going to make money. But you have to use it as a setup. You have to use it as a two-pronged approach. You know, a video is what sets you up for your win. It's what warms up your audience. Nice. So I like that. I have a course that's dropping where I'm going to be teaching people how to effectively use video from start to finish, all the tactics, all the things. But more than that, more than just tactics, trying to teach people how to think. Because when you can change how you think, when you can change how you look at things, then it doesn't matter what the platform is. It doesn't matter whether it's Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat. It doesn't matter. If you know how to think, if you know how to approach things, you can evolve effectively, efficiently, and seamlessly to any platform. And video doesn't have to be daunting. I tell people, you know, these are the things that you need to do to really set yourself up to have some easy wins. And this is how you need to approach it. So yeah, that is something that I do on the side. I tell people it's transparent. That group is a, for lack of a better term, it is a sales group. You will get value. You will get free stuff. You will get all kinds of good stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm hoping to enroll people into a course. And I have, I make, you know, there's no misconception. There's no, no. vagueness. You're there. You want to get value. It's there, but you will. Well, and you'll know it's about a course, even if Nicholas doesn't talk, because there's people on there who are literally saying, just be quiet, Nicholas, and take my money. Hurry up with the video course. <laughs> That's what they're saying in there. <laughs> it's in editing. We're editing it now. My hope is that it will release sometime beginning to middle of August. Wow. Fantastic, dude. Uh, I remember when I was talking with you when you were not really kicking this idea around. I mean, you really was getting it off the ground. And it's when you told me all the stuff that you're doing inside there, I was thinking to myself like, holy cow. But I'm also thinking to myself like, man, that's going to take a long time to create. But being the crazy, hardworking person you are, that's a good question. Probably a lot of people don't know. I mean, be realistic. How many hours are you working a week? It's nothing that I'm proud of, to be honest with you. It is a weakness of mine that I have a hard time turning things off. And I'm not proud of that. You know, this whole vein of like, hustle, 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 hustle. That works if you're a single guy with no kids. True, But I do value those things more than the hustle, 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 hustle. But it's a struggle of mine to to turn that stuff off. And so to answer your question, you know, I'm usually up anywhere between 4 and 5 a.m. I go to bed anywhere between maybe 10 and 11. And to my detriment, I'm probably on most of that time that I'm awake and doing different things. And so, yeah. I'll be honest. I've, I've had that question about you in my head because I know and I talk to you and you're working and it's three o'clock in the afternoon. Now you took a little one to the donut day. You know, you've, you've spent your time. I'm not saying that that's there, but I know what you're talking about, how you probably are not proud of that because I've even told Andrea, my wife, I'm like, this dude is like straight killing it all the time. And it's, I guess you can't be proud of it because I see what you're saying there. But at the same time, it's not like you do that because you're just crazy. You do it because you have a passion. You see needs. Yeah, I have a I have an end goal in mind. You know, again, going back to the topic of our, of our conversation, you know, my goal is not to is not to be working when I'm in my 50s. I don't want to work in my 50s or 60s. And so, I try to position myself and do things so that I can lead a life for me and my family that if I'm doing this at their high school graduation, then I've personally I feel like I've failed. Wow. So, let's talk about that then. So, Nicholas, how old are you? I'm 35. Okay. And I'm 40. So uh, we're still both young. I keep telling myself that Nicholas, you're saying 50. So you're saying in 15 years, you want to be done. I'm saying in the next 10 years, I'd like to have the freedom to choose. Ooh, like that. Yes. Okay. You know, I don't imagine that I'll ever be able to turn stuff off completely, but I'd like to have the freedom to choose and be more picky and choosy as to how I operate, how I live. My goal is to evolve into a, a much more digital agency myself. And so I'd like to have the freedom as we homeschool our kids, as I'm self-employed, my wife stays at home. I'd like to be the idea, the concept of working however I want, wherever I want, and really dedicating that time to... I did not know that Liam and Hendrick were homeschooled. 
yes, I'm pretty radical on things. Like if we got deeper in this conversation, I'm sure I would tune a lot of people out with my views on, on life. And yeah, big libertarian. I love you, man. I follow you. I, I know. No, we don't have to go there, but I did not know that they were homeschooled. I had never known that. And so Danielle does that. Danielle does that. Yeah. Fantastic. That's why they're going to be geniuses, right? Because if you or I were in charge of teaching these kids, <laughs> they'd know how to use Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> right. My kid would already be showing me Snapchat and be like, come on, buddy, you're five years old. That's right. That's right. That's right. So the thing that I'm really liking that I'm jealous about, right? The thing that I'm jealous, if I'm an agency owner, I'm watching Ayers and we have made, I mean, I dude, I hired, bro, came back from Elevate, hired a videographer, bro. Nice. I did it nice. for two days a week. He is going to follow me around. I can't afford a full-time one, right? I'm not Gary V yet. And I really don't want to be Gary V. But anyways, so he's, I'm starting to get it. The, the, his weakness is he's 20 years old. His weakness is he's got to learn the editing part. Yeah. He's a commercial lines assistant in my office. And I happen to be talking about El after Elevate about, you know, Marcus Sheridan and this course we went to and it was badass and all this stuff. And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, well, when I was in high school, he's like, I used to edit videos. That was my job for the school. And I'm like, oh really? So he shows me and like, I'm really surprised. Like it's nowhere like awesome quality, right? But for a 20 year old who sure. really doesn't edit, I'm like, damn, I mean, this is pretty good. And so his hard part now is learning the camera and lighting and all that. And it's hard to teach him that during the day because you know we're worried about insurance and that comes first. But the nice thing is I'm bringing him out to AI Brainshare. He's going to do our videographer work out there, which is great. That's something we always miss whenever we do this. But whenever I'm looking at this, one of the things that I've told him is that by the end of the year, we need to build a YouTube learning center right? Yeah. Whatever that's called at the time, but just put it in everybody's. I want my YouTube channel. I want our YouTube channel with 20, 30 videos, simple, small videos. If you remember, I asked you to let him into the video yeah. marketing thing. And so he's now like that one video where you put like the yellow band above and below and put yeah. text in there. Square videos, yeah. yeah. He just made his first one. I haven't seen it yet, but he told, he texts me, he's gone right now at the lake and he texts me, he said, Hey, I got the video done. Check it out. I haven't had time. But my point is, is those are the type of things we've got to get that learning center. I mean, we keep hearing that video is going at what 80 some percent of video or, or any content consumed in 2019 or more. It's going to be by video. And there's no doubt about that. It's just that I think that this is, besides profit, I think this is, this is a very, very struggling part for agency owners because I think in the back of their mind, they were threatened by the fax machine. They were threatened by email. They were threatened by this and that. And they're still here. But what they don't realize is there, you may still be here, but there's a lot of people that aren't because they didn't buy into that. But it comes a point in time is to where it's there. So I'm going into the great separator. And one of my parts of the great separator that I need to really have your value at as we go through the next couple months is when I talk about the great separator, you know this, it's data, people, and process. And that's another thing we don't ever talk about in the insurance industry is data. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it drives me crazy. You and I have had some uh, Facebook messages about this. And I think it's that data that's going to take those who are creating this customer experience and put them above that those who are doing that. Like literally taking the top 10% or the 1% of the 10% and moving them up. And when I look at you, I think one of the most frustrating things, and I think you're going to talk about this in your course, this is not a promotion for his course, by the way, loyal listeners, is how you're able to retarget people on YouTube. And I don't think that people kind of understand the power of this. Without getting too deep into it, can you explain some of the stuff that you're doing that's been powerful to helping your agency grow or your personal brand or anything like that? 
Sure, absolutely. So yes, yeah, so I mean, you kind of hit it on the head. I, our number one goal as a business is to run a profit. I believe our number one asset as a business is the data that we have. The data that we have in Keep is gold. It is what allows us to breathe. It's our oxygen. And so where profit is the goal, data is the asset. And the whole reason why video works so, so well is because it gives you Data, 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 data. As an example, you know, I'm running some ads right now, and this is a framework that I will talk about in our course, but I'm running ads right now. The whole intention of the ad is simply to collect data. So without getting too, too technical, there's two things that we do. We retarget anybody who has watched the video. So as an example, my process and my framework is a two-step approach. I create something that gets people's attention. So I'm an absurd person, so I use, I leverage that as something that I'm going to do. I do something that's absurd, that's ridiculous, that is stupid, that is looked at by any other business professional and they go, what in the world is that, right? But all I'm doing is getting data that I'm later going to segment and I allow the platforms to segment. So I create an absurd eye-catching thing to collect data. Now I can retarget that audience and then segment based on certain characteristics. And so that's where the real value comes in. So, and then if, if they don't take action there, then I can, I at least have the data. I can do other things. So I can build a, a YouTube audience. I can build a Facebook audience. I could build audiences that look just like my Facebook audience. So if I know that the majority of people watching this are business owners who make XYZ income, live in XYZ area, or have these other socioeconomic or demographically similar characteristics, I can find people just like that. And so that is how you build your brand. So locally, one of the things that I'll do is I'll do this more. I'll give a, a you know something that we do for like a referral partner. I'll walk into a referral partner's office, and by referral partner, I mean a loan officer, somebody that I've specifically targeted to want to build a relationship with. I'll go in there and I'll say, "Hey, look, you know, we have these insurance agents that come to your office. They bring you donuts and candy and diabetes, and then <laughs> you know." I want to offer this type of service. So one of the things I'll do is I'll, I'll even offer to shoot some videos for them that I will set up for them and then I'll build a local audience. And what I do is I build, I use the data from people who watch and people who engage to leverage for myself. And so, uh, but it also helps them when I'm shooting a, a video locally, it's targeting people who hit a particular page and people who watch or subscribe to a YouTube channel or watch YouTube content. I can then later retarget that same audience with a different offer. The whole key, the whole point is to stay in front of people. And, you know, I've got one of two options. I can do things like direct mail, which I'm not saying doesn't, isn't effective. I know lots of right. agents who are effective with it. I could spend the money. I could do things like direct mail. I can advertise on the radio. I could do all those things. Or, Again, going back to why this is important because it's profitable, I can use very low costs to stay in front of them using video where they're at on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram. They're already there. I can reach them there for a much lower cost per impression, cost per click, cost per attention getting asset. So that's why it's important. So video allows me to get the data and then I can later use that data. I can use it to my current audience, to my customers. You know, one of the things that we do is on our self-service portal, you know, I'm able to retarget people. You know, the only people who hit our self-service portal are customers. So I'm able to build a list of our customers. So when I want to hit them with things like a referral program or important agency news, you know, I have a very cheap audience and very selective audience where my message is only getting in front of the right people. I think the mistake that we make with marketing is we think that it's all about volume and, you know, I want to be viral. I want to get a million views. I want to get this out of the other. I tell people none of that matters. I don't care if my video is seen by 10 people, but two people took action as opposed to a million people where no one took action. I prefer precision over volume and I prefer the right audience over just a broad audience. And so that's why video is, is a very effective tool. So everybody, we're going to shut this party down. And I promise you, loyal listeners, I'm going to bring him back. I am going on vacation, not next week, the week after that. And I go to Cuba again. So I'm 
caring for people, making some profit, taking that profit and caring for more people. And I think that I want to bring you back on, Nicholas, and I want to talk about what you talked about at the breakout, which was your basically your self-service portal that you pretty much created. Sure. And I want to talk more in depth about that because if I'm correct, I mean, I think a lot of people after I speak, they come up and they want to ask you all these questions, which I love. You know, I get like three to five people. Dude, they couldn't clear the break room out for you so they could get the next speaker in there. I mean, you had people around you. I was like, is Gary V over there or is that just Nicholas? Because I mean, people are like around you. I was showing people my tramp stamp. That's why. That was the real thing. (laughs) The old tramp stamp. He shows that to you. You're in a special league. So yeah. uh, So closing this out because readers are leaders and leaders are readers and leaders know who they are because they're readers. Tell me what you're reading that could make somebody else a leader in what you're doing. I just alluded to it. Now, number one, my, I talked about one of my weaknesses. Another weakness is I, I actually, I don't disagree with your statement, but I hate reading for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's a chore, it's work. And <laughs> another reason is I think sometimes it stifles my own ability to think if I just, if I'm getting other people's perspective. But with that being said, I am reading a book right now, believe it or not. And, it, and it's not yeah. a coloring book. It's not a pop-up book. It's a, it's a real <laughs> book like from Amazon. And the name of the book is, it goes in line with what we're talking about. I'm looking at it right now. The name of the book is Profit First. I'm not going to butcher the guy's last name because again, I'm not a very good reader, but the guy's name is Mike Mickelwicks. Mickelwicks? Anyway. It sounds good to me. It sounds yeah. good. I think you hit it perfect. <laughs> there, yeah. Hey, you know, Mike, if you're listening, I'm sorry, buddy. But... Yeah, that is the book. And and some part, it's really good. I'm, I'm reading it. I'm going, yes, 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 yes. This is how a business should be run. So yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's what I'm reading right now. Yep, yep. I appreciate you coming on, Nicholas. You know, I enjoy this and I'm going to get you on very, very soon again because I want to talk about that self-service portal. But I wanted to get on, obviously, because, you know, the reason why when you were talking at your your talk was you started about profit and how you've created it was creating the self-service portal that saved Mm -hmm. your expenses. What'd you say? 83, 87%? 87. 87. So I want to get a little bit more deep into that agency intelligence, but I believe I gave it to you guys. So Nicholas, anything you want to say closing up? Yeah. I mean, if you have not bought your ticket to AI Brainshare, you can go to AIBrainshare.com. Go there, purchase a ticket. If you're an IAOA member, take advantage of Jason's generous offer. There's no reason why this room should not be standing room only, should not be filled. It's going to be a world-class event. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I'm happy to share anything that that we're doing. If you have greater questions, I'm going to have my laptop there. I'll show you guys under the hood of the car, anything you want to see. But, you know, buy your tickets. This is a can't miss event. Yeah. Invest in yourself. I mean, what is the cost? For you? It's $250. Okay. $250. $250. If you don't make your money back in the first 15 minutes, you need to be there. This is a very small investment for your agency to grow and go to the next level. Yeah, it really is. It's a one of a kind and I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you saying that. I look forward to you being there. I'm just hyped about it. And when I say this to everybody, Nicholas, thanks for coming on today. Greatly appreciate it, man. When I talk about AI brain share, the one thing that I've been telling people people. And this is the truth. Uh, I think uh, Wesley, I already put him away. Anderson. Anderson, That was it. So, you know, I wrote him an email of the other people who signed up. And I, I say this to him, and I really mean this with all my heart. When I see that people sign up for AI Brainshare, like I get excited for them. 
I really know what this will do for their agency because we did it in Chicago. We did it in North Carolina. I have agents who still call me and say, Jason, I took home 31 pages of notes, literally that I've had them tell. And, but what was great is I didn't just take the note and bring it home. I actually had the person right at my table or the person right up before. And we speak for an hour and we take 30 minute breaks. We speak for an hour, we take 30 minute breaks. Those breaks are what we call networking because everybody says, and that's the reason why they love going to events for the networking. Well, I made the whole event that. And so you know, we got Zach Gold there, Matt Neomaly. I always say his name so wrong, Nicholas. I'm like you. Nicholas is going to be there. Preston Schmidley. Am I saying his name right, Nicholas? Yes. Yes, yes I say it. You know, uh, Jeff Roy is going to be there. Billy Williams. I will tell you this. I cannot confirm this, but he told me he's coming. But then again, if you know him, you will know that it's iffy. Ryan Hanley reached out to me last week, told me that he was going to do everything he could to make it there as well. But even if Ryan's not there, dude, you and I are there. That's all that matters. So well, anyway, so, you're what? there. Right. Me, me. And then I begged you to come. That's right. So, so so anyways, no, seriously, it's going to be a great time. I really want you to know I'm excited when you sign up because it will change your agency. It will change your finances. And in the end, it's going to change your family. Nicholas, once again, thank you for coming on. This has been Agency Intelligence Podcast. Could not do it without you as a loyal listener. Stay tuned for our next one coming up. And we we're out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good. Terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, at Virtual Intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.